Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. Hey, how's it going, man? Oh, man, I'm doing all right. Just uh, excited to be back. We've been, I've been out of town a couple weeks doing some things for That's Rise right. and Cardinal Studios, and we've uh, missed a couple opportunities to do some of these, so I'm glad to be back in here with you. Sounds good. Do you want to give a, a kind of a heads up of what, where you were? Well, I was in Canada. I was in Edmonton uh, working a, a Rise conference with Bill Donahue from The Theology of the Body and the co-author of Rise, and got to spend a couple days with him. It was awesome. Uh, just watching him and, and what he does with the theology of the body, bringing men into the realization of their identity and their and their worth and, and the fact that God loves them above all is just pretty amazing. He's a great guy, and uh, and I enjoyed the time with him. So, And that's actually, it's kind of funny. You know, every time we do one of these, it seems like something happens in one of our lives or something, you know, predicates what we're going to talk about. And this week as I went ahead and, you know, reached into the bag to see what would be pulled out next, the bag of sins that we talk about on here. Um, I pulled out loving myself. So someone was struggling with loving themselves. And, and you know, when you think about that, that's a common problem that, that a lot of people in the world have. When If you can really get them to open up and be vulnerable with you, they'll tell you some of the things that are their problems is they just don't like themselves. You know, that they don't see anything good in themselves, that they don't find worth in themselves. And and that's one thing that I've learned through the Rise program. And, and, you know, even at Seek, there were some talks on all this. And it's been on my mind for a while now to, to talk about. And I'm glad that it came up this week. But, you know, we as a culture have allowed, as a people, have allowed culture to determine who and what we are. What we think about ourselves, um, our self-esteem, all of these things. We've gotten away from the simple fact that our identity should be founded and grounded in God. And, you know, he made us in his own image out of love, you know, and he, and he said in Genesis, as we watched in a video last night in our study group, that God made man in his own image and it was very good. So this innate issue we have with thinking that there's something wrong with us or thinking that we're not worthy or good enough for something, that right there is a point to start because God said as soon as he made man, he looked at him and said it is very good. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're you're bringing up a topic of uh, our heart is always restless. Mm-hmm. Now, why is it restless? Because we are trying to fill ourselves with things that aren't necessarily what we want to be, but we have to project a certain image. Mm-hmm. I mean, going back into something where we were kids, right? A lot of the things that we carry with us happened to us in our uh, our childhood, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, maybe you're bullied, or maybe something happened to where your self-esteem was diminished and you carry that with you through your adulthood but yet you try to hide that and cover that up but when something happens that all comes back forefront again right and so you you their self-confidence may diminish because you're going back to that period when you were like say third grade fourth grade whatever on the bus something happened you're always going to remember that incident no you're exactly right and if you guys are out there listening, if you hear some noise, it's uh, it started raining out, outside of the church here. So I love raining the church, but just in case you're wondering what that is, you know, that's what that noise is. But you're exactly right. A lot of 
a lot of people that I know of that I've talked to over the last two years, when you ask them about them, they are um, about their identity, how they feel about themselves. It always goes back to a mistake they've made, right? Like I'm the guy that was carrying my lunch in the lunchroom in high school and I accidentally tripped and fell on my face and my food. And everybody called me a loser and I've been a loser for 20 years because of that one instance in my life. Or in my case, I was you know addicted to cocaine for a number of years and that could easily be what I associate with now today is that I'm, I'm an addict. No matter what anybody else says, no matter what anybody else thinks, in my heart I'm an addict. And that's not true. These things, the devil uses these mistakes that we've made and he beats us down with them and he turns those into our identity. He makes you feel unworthy. He makes you feel like you don't belong, that you can't be loved. All of these things. And you know, Stefanik, Chris Stefanik right now has a great book called I Am and it's talking about replacing the words in your life, those lies of the devil. And that's exactly right. You know, when you, we have got to remember what, what God said to Jesus when he was baptized. If you're Catholic, if you're Christian in any way and you've been baptized, then you've been, God has said the same thing to you. You are a beloved son or daughter with whom I am well pleased. That is our identity. And we have, so many people forget that. We get caught up in the mistakes we've made and all these things that have happened in our life. And we feel like, that's that's where we get our worth from is from those mistakes and it's so misdirected if we can ground ourselves i mean that's where the change happened in my life is i finally accepted god made me i'm good no matter the mistakes i've made i'm inherently good and he has a purpose for my life and that's where my identity and my worth comes from not what anybody else thinks about me not what anybody else says about me because there's one person that knows me better than anybody, and that's God the Father. And he believes that I'm worthy simply because he decided one day to make, to put me into the existence. That's where my worth comes from. Yeah, and we have to stop trying to win the popularity contest. Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to be some, some things where we're going to be um, social media, okay? That's a big issue, right? Mm-hmm. You, you find out what people, other people are doing, what you're missing out of how many people liked or shared my post or whatever. Yeah. And and for someone, I mean, I'm, I'm saying this because my my oldest daughter, she says she can't stand Instagram, uh, social media, stuff like that, because there's this thing that, that, that drew, sorry, I had swallow. <clears throat> you got a loogie or something? Yeah, no, <laughs> sorry, I had cough. That, I, somehow I've, I've managed not to cough, but, but anyways, she is Deacon so. Jeff's gonna have to give the homily. I'm not stepping in there. <laughs> I'm better now, but she go, she tells me that she can't stand it because it's like if if everyone else stopped doing it, I would stop too. But the, that that desire to to know what everybody else is doing, desire to like for Instagram, there's this thing where if you keep on sharing, um, I, I wish I knew exactly what it were well, what it was, but you go back and forth, and there's this thing where you keep a, a constant run of people for days every day you guys share something back and forth is in in it's kind of it grows it grows and grows okay right a lot of these kids are motivated by getting how many clicks or shares they have and it's coming to as adults as well yeah you know? no, you're no that is, you're that's that's a point that's been that i think society is getting to the point now where where you know like we said god created us for love i mean there's one thing that i was i was telling somebody the other day that you were made by love through love and for love and that's our one innate desire of our heart is to be loved you want to be loved because you were made out of love but the devil has gotten into society and into technology and all these other things that we have in this world that can be used for so much good but then they all 
take our desire away from being loved and loving someone else to being liked. It's a love versus like relationship. And if you look at it, they're so different. To your point of, of Facebook and social media, there are so many people out there, and I felt that urge too, that you're driven to have a thousand people that you never met in your life like mm-hmm. you, right? To push a little tiny button that gives you thumbs up for something you said most of the time that you got from somewhere else and you put out there, and they're liking something that's not even yours. But the the bottom line is, with that, we people are more concerned about having a thousand people like them than they're, they are having one person love them. Because like means something completely different from love, right? Like means distance. It means it's a need-based relationship. Like, I, if you're funny, I like you because you're funny, but I only like having you around when I want to laugh. You know, or I like you because you have a nice car and a nice house, and that's nice for when I want it. It's, it's a distance thing. You know, like somebody that has their arm up in the air, you know, at your chest, keeping you for, at, at, at a distance from them. Is I like you when I need you or when I want you or you're convenient for me. Where love is more of a, look, even when I don't like you, I love you. You know, like even when I, when it's not a necessity thing, it's like I'm inviting you into my mess and I'm inviting you into this whole aspect of my life. It's it's close, it's, it's, it's a proximity, it's vulnerable, it's real, it's acceptance. But yet the world and the culture and the devil are telling us, don't worry about being loved, right? That's that, that you don't need that. Who wants to be loved? That's that takes time. That takes effort. You don't want to put in all that stuff. It's just like Bill Don. He said last week at the, at the conference I was at. He said, you know, isn't it funny how like we walk by each other in the hallway and you say, hey, how you doing? And people go, fine. How are you? Good. And you keep walking. He said, nobody means any of that. You're just saying something because somebody walked by you. You looked up from your phone and you said something to be polite. If somebody actually stopped and go, well, you know, Victor, I, you know, my, my dog got run over and my kid's sick and I got bills I can't pay. And you'd probably go, whoa, 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 freak. I didn't, I didn't mean anything by that. Like, I didn't want you to talk well, to you're, me. You're unprepared. You're not, pre- right. you're not re- ready to receive that. But it's not that even that. It's, right. it's, 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 I don't, I don't want to know any of that. I don't need any of that in my life. And it's, right. it's the, that's, I'm just trying to illustrate the difference sure. between the like and the love thing. Cause you know, we, we're, we're trained now by, by culture to just say, I don't have time for you, right? right? We want to be insulated, right? We don't want we don't want anyone else's problems to deal with us. We got you know we have our own problems, but we if we're happy, we want to be happy in our own little thing, right? In the world, I mean, and we don't want to be consumed or bothered by other things, and that's the selfishness comes in as well. When love isn't present, what's what is what's the vacuum, right? Selfishness, so. and so when we're when our opinions based on that too, that's where we get into trouble because if we're starting to worry about what people what people like about us or what they they like on our social media, whatever you want to say, then our worth and our identity starts to become uh, based on someone else's opinion, on, on the opinion of the world. And that's where we get into this whole thing we're talking about is I, I struggle loving myself. Where do you think that comes from? It comes from people telling you you're not good enough or you don't measure up or you, don't, you haven't bought the right piece of clothing to wear. You know, that's what's so funny about fashion trends and stuff all the time. You see, if you look back through pictures in your life, you're like, oh, jam shorts were in there or, or bell bottoms or whatever it was. And it's all an attempt of people to fit in, to be liked. You know, you don't, the one person who doesn't have those on at the time is the one person that's weird or that doesn't fit in or doesn't belong. And the hatefulness and things, the world attacks that, right? To be different. But that's exactly what God calls of us is to live in love, not in like. You know, but to, to be concerned only with the things that make us better for him, for being a Christian. And that's why we, this show is so important to me today, 
is I know that there's so many people out there because I have struggled with it. We've got to learn to get back to the fact that the opinion that matters of us is God's and what he has made of what he thinks of us is love and worth and goodness and opportunity and necessary. In fact, I've got a quote here from Pope Benedict the 16th that says, each of us is a result of a thought of God. Each of us is willed. Each of us is loved. And each of us is necessary. That's God's viewpoint of us, is that you're necessary, you're loved, you were willed. You weren't some freak accident that happened. You weren't some slip up. You know, this isn't the matrix where somebody got away and out of the rest of the norm. God intentionally puts you here. And that's what we've got to center ourselves in. When, when the world goes to press down on us and push on us and tell us we're not worth anything, we're no good, we have got to come back to what, to what God has told us. And it's exactly what we're reading here and what we've heard. Well, the church has always been uh, counter to the culture. I mean, really think about it. When the church moves, it's moving against what? The culture at the time. Right? Yeah. I mean, and there's always going to be, there's always been some upheaval uh, and the church is really the one that kind of keep, tries to keep it together. But what can we do, you know, more as, as, as laity as well to help the priest to pray for them? Yeah. Right. You know, love them as well because they're the ones getting hit all the time. You know, they're the bullseye. And, and when the laity retreats from the church and unless the, uh, say, the counterculture attack it, we, you know, we're the buffer. We're supposed to help them out. But yeah. we know what's going on right now in, in the news. You know, the Catholic church is is uh, defending itself more than ever, but yet God's love is still present in everything. Um, even though there's people that have been in it that harm the image, um, you know, love is still present. People are still trying to bring it back together and say, well, yes, that happened, unfortunately, and we're going to make things happen to where that will not happen again or make those, those steps to do that. Yeah. But, but the lady, as we are, we are there to, to, to pray for the priests, pray for the deacons to pray for the sisters to pray for anyone that is the movement of the faith of the church because i mean we're they're going to be up against you know the battalion of the the, the enemy yeah so well that's you're speaking about identity again right like the world is saying this about the church and yes we have things that are broken and we're wrong guess what our identity is it's broken mm-hmm. right we were broken adam and eve thanks again we say it every show but we're broken and so is the church in ways, right? It, it, there's, there's parts of it, of actions of people that are broken. But in itself, it's the church that Jesus Christ founded and left here. Right. And when you're grounded in that identity, I could honestly, I could care less what anybody has to say about the Catholic Church. Because to me, the Catholic Church is truth. And it's God's truth, and I believe it. And that's, as long as you stay grounded in that identity, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. And that's the point I'm trying to make here about our own identity. You don't, I don't need anybody to tell me. I mean, yes, is praise and adulation nice to hear every once in a while? You've done a good job. This is that. Yeah, but if, we, if the moment it becomes necessary in our lives is the moment where we're starting to slip up because all that is necessary is just strictly to know, for instance, you know, our faith, if we're not careful, that can become depersonalized, right? We're, we're out here trying to evangelize this podcast. It can very quickly become in our minds that we're doing this for everybody else, that Jesus died for everybody else that god did all this for everybody else and you can lose the fact because you're so concerned about telling others that this happened for them that he did it for you as well it's very easy to lose that that's a trick the devil can play is yeah yeah he did it for everybody else he did and you say that so much and then you go man i forgot that he did it for me jesus christ ransomed his life for yours victor for mine for deacon jeff's for everybody's 
And we can get lost in that fact and, and, and allow our faith to become something else. That goes back to the point of we've got to love ourselves before we can do what Jesus said. You know, you need to love others as you love yourself. You can't do that accurately unless you are grounded in your identity. So how do you do that? How do you find that? How do you get back to that identity? You've got to start every moment of every day when, when you start hearing these, these the whispers of the devil come in your head, the self-doubts, the, the voices, as a lot of people say, those voices of that just, just beat you up. You got to stop those immediately and tell yourself, look, I'm a beloved son of Christ. Yeah, it sounds corny. It sounds cheesy. But you say it enough, it starts to stick. I'm worthy just because he made me. I have a place here. I belong. I'm needed because he decided to put me here. I didn't make the choice. I didn't hit the elevator switch and say, going down, you know, come out of heaven and be in the middle of stuff. No, he put me here. And we've got to remind ourselves constantly. The best way to do that is through prayer so that Jesus can allow, you can allow Jesus and God to tell you that every single opportunity. Hey, I love you. That's what they're trying to do every time you go to speak to them. Yeah, they want to hear about your day and they want to hear about the things going on in your life. But essentially, they want to tell you each and every second that you will take your mind off of the world and stop worrying about doing. You know, as guys, we want to do all the time. We gotta, we can't sit still. God wants you to be so he can just, just, just to practice being. So he can tell you these things. So he can reinforce that identity and that self-worth, which in, which in turn allows you to understand that you're loved and that it gets to the point where you don't have to love yourself because he's loving you enough that you get it and that it, it, it emanates, it goes out to the rest of the world through you because you understand this this love that the Father has for you. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me again. Clear my throat. <laughs> I uh, was ducking. I'm sorry. That's right. <laughs> I mean, you, what, what the point that you're bringing is, is, is something that, you know, we talked about in other times we met. And, um, you know, when, when God reveals himself through, like, the scriptures or reading theology or something that all of a sudden like a new freshness comes to your your face you know to your heart and that's god saying hey guess what i love you mm-hmm. you know it's that shock on oh my gosh you're just god you're so amazing and that's with like the quiet moments in you know daily mass or adoration and or just reading the the daily scripture to where something pops out that you've never recognized before and then the whole thing comes back to like this is how much god loves you this is how much you know, quotations, God saying, I love you. Um, that daily refresher of how important you are uh, is very important. I mean, because we can get bogged down in, in many things. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, just today, you know, you, you may be listening to right now, you are had a terrible day at work, or you're predicting a terrible day that's going to happen at work. Um, but the thing is, if you pray about it, you let God take control of that day and just have an, a... a Weigh your your heart on your chest, and and things may become different. The outlook may be totally different. Yeah, you know, right. but you said love yourself. I mean, love yourself, right? If you love yourself, you can love others more perfectly. Yeah, that's well. And, and another thing that that you know, I'm going through rise right now with the guys from Canada. And one of the videos last couple of days, Christophanic said something that's really cool. He says, you know, Christianity doesn't just real reveal the face of God; it reveals ourselves, who we are doesn't reveal who God is, just who God is. It reveals who we are. And that's so true. You know, if we can practice these things, first of all, starting with when, like I said, when the lies and the all these things and the self-doubt and all these, we've all felt it, right? Where that sick feeling in your stomach, like you're not worth it. And, you know, all these things that we tell ourselves, 
we got to start practicing the discipline to stop right then when they start happening and say that's not the truth that's a lie that's not the truth you know the because when we can figure that out and we start living it like you're talking about then we can go out there and start practicing living for others part of the reason that somebody's probably thinking i don't love myself enough is they're concentrating on themselves too much anyway yeah. and i don't mean that in an ugly way but at the moment that the devil allows us to turn our vision off of the person in front of us being present to other people in our lives and we start solely looking inward and backwards on ourselves is where we get in trouble yeah. if you think about it i know I can make myself go from feeling completely fine and healthy and great in a moment to feeling like I'm going to die because I let one thing in and they go, you know what? That's right. I am, man, I am pitiful. Like I don't do, I'm always going and I'm not there for my family all the time. And, and then the next one comes and the next one and the next one. And then you feel like you're going to throw up just because you let it in that self deprecation when, when in fact we've got to practice immediately when that happens. No, that's not get out of here. You know, like Peter said, devil get behind me. Or excuse me, like Jesus said, "Devil, get behind me." Um, but that maybe that was a that was a stroke of luck right there when I said Peter instead of God. Yeah. Because if you look at, at Jesus, he was walking with Peter, and he knew that Peter was going to struggle. Right? I mean, even before he had some of these monumental struggles, and what did he do? He named him a rock. You know, they talk about that in Rise too. Is is that he he not only did it, but he also did it when he was walking through an area that had massive rock cliffs, he wanted Peter to say, look, I know you don't think you're worthy. In fact, Peter said, get away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. From the beginning, he said, I don't belong here. I'm not good enough. And God looked at him and goes, no. Yeah, maybe maybe Simon wasn't good enough, but Peter is. And that's your new identity. That's your name now. You're the rock. And that's what he does for all of us. But we've got to be able to give him the opportunity, the time. We spend so much time you know, introspecting about what's wrong with us, that we don't allow ourselves time to sit down and be and allow God to tell us who he wants us to be, right? We don't all have the same gifts and the same charisms and, and the same destiny in our lives. We have an individual one, and that's part of Christianity. That's part of our responsibility of being a Christian is to, to have that communion with God so that he can tell us, this is why I made you. This is why you're worthy because I made you for this distinct purpose, all these other people you see around us, you can be around 10,000 10, other people, but no one can evangelize. No one can reach people. No one can love people. Nobody can make you laugh. Nobody can do all these different aspects that we can all do in the way that you can individually. And, and society wants to hurt us all into this massive, we're all the same, right? It's everybody, it's good to be the same, dress the same, drive the same car, speak the same way, watch the same TV shows. Because the devil wants you to not realize that you are an individual and special gift from God and you were put here to bless others lives and through that blessing you're going to receive those blessings on your own that's it but the devil that's one of the biggest lies he plays is you're not worth it yeah you don't want to be a cheap imitation of somebody else right um you're you're created for a purpose like you said and and if you don't follow that purpose then you know you know the God's plan may not be fulfilled Mm-hmm. You still, it, it can still become tuition, but you may not play the bigger part as you were expected to play in. Yeah. No, it, it's, it's, I know this is a huge problem out there. I, I mean, when I get gut feelings like this, the topics like this, I am the worst about this. I, I beat myself up all the time. You know, when you can compare yourself, that's the other thing mm-hmm. is total comparison. You know, I mean, you know, whether you're a deacon, a priest, or a, a layperson, or whatever. You know, if you're speaking or you're doing a job or you're a basketball player, whatever it is, the tendency is to always look at who's better than you and who can do something differently than you. And while 
you don't you may not be able to attribute or contribute or do things that other people can do and that's just the devil trying to nudge you all the time every time you're taking a step forward in your holiness and your faith he's constantly dragging on your shirt tail trying to yank you back four or five more whisper in your ear hey you know i see you're taking off that way yeah you helped that you helped that old lady across the street or whatever it may be but you remember that time you did this remember that time you watched porn a couple nights ago Remember that time you yelled at your kids when you were angry about something else? You know, just whatever it is, he's constantly trying to demean you. Mm -hmm. That is what he wants to do. He knows he can't hurt God, so what does he do? Because he's a creation, right? He can't hurt God. He's no threat to God. But what he can do is hurt what God loves. And when he can sit there and make us believe all these lies, like we're not lovable and we're not deserving of anybody else, let alone God's love, then he's winning. Because his ultimate goal is, is to take you and to turn you from somebody who believes that you are worthy, that you belong, that you're a, you're a beloved son or daughter of God, and turn you into thinking that you're nothing. Because then guess what? He's got his arms around you, and you're spending the rest of your eternity in hell with him. Yeah, that's his lies. Yeah. Yeah. It just So once again, I want to just kind of recap. You know, If you're in this kind of place, first of all, start thinking about your identity, not as what the world tells you, but as what God tells you. You're a beloved son or daughter of Christ. You know, we love because he first loved us. That's John, 1 John 4, 19. We have to remember that, that we are worthy. Anytime that the devil starts creeping in your ear and telling you that BS, let it go. Go back to the Bible. Find the verses where Jesus is speaking into your heart about your worth, your necessity. Let him rename you. Whenever you hear these words in your head, think of the opposite words. If I'm unlovable, no, I'm lovable. If I'm unworthy, I'm worthy. If I'm a sinner, I'm a saint. Keep just whatever the lies you hear, give the opposite words. That's one of the best things about Stefanik's book that I picked up. And guys, this is going to be a never-ending problem. This is not something you're going to ever get by. That's why they call conversion is, is not a one-time opportunity. It's every second of every minute of every hour of every day. And we've got to stay focused on that. So if you are struggling with this, you know, I mentioned several times on the show, Chris Stefanik and, and Rise, Bill Donahue, those guys put together the Rise 30-Day Challenge. You can go to menriseup.org. Go sign up there. Even if you're not struggling with this, guys, we can always use the reinforcement on our identity as husbands, brothers, and fathers, and sons. So take it to adoration. Take it to prayer. And speaking of prayer, it's time to do that right now. So in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, you created us by love, through love, and for love. Oftentimes, the hardest person to love in life is ourself. Help us to fight the urge to believe the lies the devil tells us about who we are. And Father... May we always find our identity and worth grounded in the simple fact that we are yours. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.